right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a mega app. This is this is going to be a three-part episode. Um, <laughs> we've already recorded the two other parts. Uh, they're all out of order. The, the part we first recorded will be at the very end, which is an interview with Matthew Malika. It's like uh, Memento. Yeah, about uh, about Royal Melbourne. And then we did a whole President's Cup preview. We recorded that on Friday uh, afternoon. And this Patrick Reed thing went down, and we needed to record an emergency emergency little session here. before. We're, so we're preempting the preview. That's going to start... Whenever we're done with this part, uh, which I think is probably going to take a while, uh, before we do launch it here, uh, I want to tell you guys a bit about Quater by Travis Matthew. That's C-U-A-T-E-R. Uh, they just sent us a bunch of shoes. They are steep. in. Travis Matthew is getting steep in the shoe game. And they've we got two kinds here. We got a couple golf shoes that were sent here. I've been wearing what's called the Legend, uh, very clean white shoe, as well as the uh, there's a casual all day comfort shoe called the Daily Tron. I believe you've experienced those as well. I have, and I can confidently report back that they are super super flexible. Between casual, you can dress them up, you can dress them down, you can wear them to work out in. I got them on right now, um, and it. So after noticing the most the, that most performance golf shoes on the market tend to be overdesigned with exaggerated technology, Quater set out to combat the trend uh, towards unnecessary complications. So the golf shoes, at least the legend that I've worn, is extremely comfortable and it looks super clean. Uh, I've been looking for a really good pair of white shoes. Tra- uh, Quater is now offering fifteen percent off your first purchase when you go to Quater.com. C U A T E R.com. Uh, look, feel, and play your best every day without overcomplicating it. And you're going to hear a little bit later, uh, also from Herbal Active, it's getting bumped further and further to the show because we got to talk about what just happened with Patrick Reed this weekend. Do we get to intro ourselves again? Oh, sure. Go ahead. All right. This is Tron. Okay. Hello. This, this is DJ. Hello. Well, we're going to do this again in yeah. like 20 minutes For or sure. so, but this is Sally. Um, Tron, you, you thought the ruling handed out was very fair. You agreed with Slugger White. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I think Slugger's a gentleman. Uh, he couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't have been be more, of a, more of a gentleman. He handled it with absolute um, class. Just what a, what a... Let's start at the beginning, right? <laughs> I mean, what is the beginning? Like... We're, we're all sitting here. Well, in the so we're at the University of Georgia, right? And they're doing qualifying <laughs> rounds. If you really want to start at the beginning. But, uh, no, that's all part of the slaying the tiger book. You can go read the, the real beginning. Uh, so he's, book, he's playing. We, we were all watching this, I think, live while it happened in different locations. But we, Patrick Reed's laying up on a par five. I forget which one it was. Tough and, scene. Yeah, man. that's tough enough already. 13, I believe. Uh, pulls a iron from the fairway and he goes into a massive waste bunker. If you haven't seen Albany Golf Club or whatever it's called, there's just waste bunkers everywhere, and people are walking around in them. There's just footprints everywhere. It's, just, it's, it's like Gucci Mane. You like it is the truest, <laughs> the, tr- the truest hazard. You don't want to hit it there. And he hits this shot, it rolls over there, and it just like nestles in like a crater. I remember seeing it, like a footprint. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know what they call that? That is Which the rubber rub of the greed. Um, it nestles in that, and I was like, oh god, that is a complete nightmare of a golf shot. He gets up to it and lays his club behind it, and just like goes and tries to take his swing. Uh, take a practice swing or whatnot, and just drags a ton of sand out behind it. I mean, in like so noticeable that when it happened, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know you, I didn't know you could do that. It was so noticeable that my almost three-year-old son, Freddie, said, yelled, excavator, excavator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just like, so I was like, wow, you, I didn't We know. were sitting here watching together, and you pointed it out, yeah. and we, like, it, it 
completely, I don't know if went over our heads is the right thing, but we're like, huh, wow. Yeah, I guess you can do that. Yeah, I was like, and I, we just went on with our day. Well, because I thought the Kucher, what happened with Kucher a while back, where he's like messing around with his hands in there. I thought like it basically they were determining that the like grains of sand are loose impediments. Did Kucher get penalized for that? By no, the way? that's the whole yeah. point. So is I, like, basically, we were thinking after that, it was just like, okay, nothing matters. You well, do whatever you want. It was it's a sweepstakes. Different. That's kind of what I thought. We'll it was to do sink at the Heritage well, 15, 20 years ago. This, <laughs> let's not confuse the grounding the club at a hazard thing, which a lot of people seem no, to be confused. No, by. no, no that, was, that was the Kucher thing. That was Ted Purdy. He was yeah. doing that's the same thing as Kucher yeah. with just basically you know, sculpting his lie. This no, is I thought he of, hit one with a backswing. I thought he hit something yeah, yeah. with the backswing. This is Anyways. one of Tron's greatest golf memories. <laughs> right, but that was in a, a bunker, regardless. It was in a waste bunker. It was a waste bunker. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, anyways, so he does this, right? And, like, the camera is directly behind him. So this is where we're going to get into the, the C-word discussion the, here. The cameraman had gotten their privileges back. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to, to shoot up close. So, like, this happens, and I'm like, oh, the thought process was like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. But like, clearly the camera's right there. He knew the camera's right there, and he wouldn't do that if uh, otherwise. And then it just turns out everyone starts getting mad. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I didn't think you could do that. <laughs> so that makes this whole situation even more confusing as to why he would do this. And I don't for one second buy his explanation, which is that he didn't realize. And if you want, somebody sent a full clip. He lays his club down eight times, not well, two. And then he takes distinctly different backswings. Yes. Once he steps away from the ball, he's a lot higher and stuff. But, and then all these other videos come out since then. Yeah. Well, so to be to be hashtag fair and balanced, his explanation was that if they had a camera view, like everybody was kind of making fun of the camera view thing, which I think got taken a little out of context. But basically, what he had said is if there was a like a perpendicular camera view, like a face on camera, you would have seen that I was actually far enough behind my ball. Like I was far enough away from the ball that like I wasn't really improving my lie. Like I can't believe people would think that I would possibly do that, which makes it worse. And then which all makes the, it worse. And then it's all like, the still well, shots. No, you can see that that's not true. All the still shots completely. And yeah, we saw counter, the crater that it that. went in. It was not yeah. like a long footprint. It was like there was sand directly yeah. behind his ball, yeah. and he was able to make ball first contact on it. Which so when I saw that, we're, I was we're like, talking three inches behind the ball. Four inches behind the ball? Not, I wouldn't even know if it's that Maybe. far. Who can say? Like, Who can say? I think he literally, like, when he lays the less club down than six. the first time, yes, it's yeah. definitely less than six. Uh, and so, yeah, when it, when it happened, okay, okay. So a lot of people are confused, too, like he should have been penalized more than two shots on it. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it was like basically what Slugger said was once you've done that, you've improved your lie on this shot. And so you get a two-shot penalty, which, again, is, I'm, I'm trying to – Ashley Judd, double yeah. jeopardy. <laughs> I'm trying to narrow it down so that we get rid of all of these other factors that like don't matter to the point where it's all right. Now he's got the penalty for he lost by two, which was sick. <laughs> Cam Smith comes out today and says like he's got no room for people that cheat in the game. Well, the other thing was intent, right? If you, yeah. you're saying you want to okay. get, get you know, rid of all the things like everybody was saying, like, you know, what's the difference between intent and not intent? And according to the letter of the law. Like intent doesn't matter here. Does matter here? I I like. I, I still. I've read like penalty, five different things. And I still can't figure. For it the out. penalty, it doesn't. Penalty, it doesn't matter. Like right. whether you intend or yes. not. Yes. Okay. I think there's a separate discussion yes. outside of the scope of that penalty as to whether he intended to do that. Which that's is where that's where we're giving him a ton of benefit of the doubt yeah. that he does not deserve because it looked so intentional. Yeah. To the point where the first thought, like when this all started coming together, I'm like, okay, Simon Dyson got. A thirty thousand pound fine and a two month suspension 
for tapping a mark down directly in front of his ball in the putting green. Some people called it the electric chair. It was, <laughs> on I Twitter. Think, yeah. They, they gave him the electric chair. It was like a super harsh punishment. Like, you're a cheater. Like, they, he basically has been labeled as a cheater ever since then. Neil's boy, Zhang, the Zhang gang. The Zhang gang. That's a tough scene. He was doctoring scorecards. That's a tough scene. Well, so, Neil's a cheater as well, as I believe we covered in <laughs> either on this pod or another one, where he asked in that fourth grade tournament where he <laughs> exactly. asked that kid what club he hit. Well, so why on the PGA Tour, where you, the biggest stakes in the world in golf, not technically a PGA Tour event, though. Well, also. No, it's a PGA Tour challenge event, which I just figured out two days ago what that <laughs> means. It involves PGA Tour rules officials. Why is this just like a two-stroke penalty, and then the rules official goes to the microphone and says how gentlemanly the man conducted Because himself. Slugger White, he's a mascot at this point. He is the perfect mascot for the... Live under par Player-run tour and some of the people running it. Who's, there's no leadership whatsoever it's in, it's incredible like and and then they want to do all this and then they want to argue they argue that everything is very objective and this is going to be a really interesting dichotomy when they start getting deeper and deeper into the sports betting stuff like yeah. how are how are people supposed to take these guys seriously as an objective uh you know sports Rules, organization yeah. yeah i mean it's such a favoritism that I don't know what the comparison is to like another sport of like a, a, a like officials being so ruling in favor of players because in other sports at least it's very direct. Two teams are playing against each other, right? If you're favoring the San Antonio Spurs, you are screwing over the Los Angeles Lakers. Where in golf, it's like, gosh, and the way that Sluggers even explained it himself about penalizing people is like, gosh, I feel so bad for this one person. Like I don't want to impact their career here with a ruling that I'm in charge of actually being, you know, making a ruling on. So I'm going to be super gentle on you. And it's like, no, no, now like he, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that he cheated. Like you can't do that. And like, I can't see it any other way, but all the factors that we're talking about, like that is cheating. So like, why is that a two shot penalty? And the rules official is saying that was gentlemanly the way he handled well, it. Well, and why, why, also, he like denied it. So, like, it wasn't gentlemanly. That's like, he, what I was he basically said, like, no, I didn't do it, but like, I guess I got to accept the penalty. Yeah, and now I got a raw deal. And this yeah. Is so it's another, yeah, it's another example of like me getting the shaft. That's what, God, the, what a fucking class act. It man. wasn't yeah. even what a, a he gentleman. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. What he is was the, like pretty standoffish with the media, pretty upset. Like, I'm not upset, but he kind of like, yeah, I had to take the penalty, but he was like battling it. It's like, yeah, based on the camera angle. I was like, I don't think that conversation probably was like, like even more friendly with Slugger. And, and like, like, why does the tour have any incentive to protect Patrick Reed? Yeah, uh, well, he's a member of the Tour Run yeah. Presidents yeah. Cup team. Like, you think they love this story going in? Like, yeah. one of, like, if what if they have to call him a cheater and then he goes and gets on that charter? And it goes and plays represents Overall, the United States. Uh, of is it almost worse that they don't call him a cheater? No, I everybody think, else. Does? I think <laughs> now he gets on the charter. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think I'm if saying, they would have handled it correctly, and this was, I mean, it's still going to be just as big of a story. But they they don't come out looking like shit. And their event, for better or worse, is getting a ton of buzz now. So like, I don't think they I'm hate it. More sight. Like you're going to hear. We I think are all legitimately super pumped about the Presidents Cup, yes. as you'll hear in the next part. Even more pumped now after after oh, this. Yeah. It's gonna be a shit show. They're for gonna talk to It's gonna be out sick. Of and he has no idea it's coming. I don't think he has any idea it's coming. <laughs> Which yeah, to uh Eamon Lynch's tweet from earlier today, like it sounded like it was just 
business as usual on, it is, on the charter. It's the monkey meme. Everyone's just kind of looking around <laughs> like... Uh. Well, like, what? I mean, what are they supposed to do? Like, well, like hey, man, what the fuck? You just cheated. Especially like, when, even that. Like, what is he going to... Like, like, what's the answer? I don't know well, what the answer going is. Going back to if what you said. If you're on his said, team, what do you, like, what do you do? Going back to what you said uh, earlier. I just pretend it doesn't happen. You said earlier. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. You're like, what, like, what's he, like, let's say he comes out after, like, when, when he's talking to yeah, Slugger. Yeah, like, I remember grinding my yeah, feet on Slugger's couch. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no clue. Well, the tort can't punish him anymore now. The window has passed, I think. Like, if you're letting him play in the President's Cup, then you can't come back and be like, well, we See, I disagree. I disagree. I'm saying that they've made their own bet. I mean, they should, but they won't. I'm saying they've made their own bet here. In that, yeah, they're not going to yeah. come back and suspend you, him. The rules official. Well, they're can't not going to come back and suspend him just because they won't. They'll never do anything that's. He might have a jet ski injury in a couple a couple weeks. Yeah. but I don't think I don't think they're going to suspend him. I don't even think they get away with that. I mean, because I mean, if you can't let him play in the team event, the marquee event, but like like think about it this way: Matt Every is. In the freezer right now for three months because he he smoked a little grass that that, that his doctor prescribed. Probably to him. a lot, but <laughs> a lot of grass. Here I know there. There, yeah. A lot of grass. Yeah. Let's be objective. It was probably a lot. Yeah. But but he had his a doctor prescribed note. him because he doesn't want to take Xanax or any you know anti anxiety stuff. Whatever. Great. Patrick Reed cheated on the course and he got a two shot penalty. And this, and then other things come out from the past, and yeah, the video from 2015 was wild. That's that, tough. That was that's just like the literal exact same, same thing. Yeah. I think on the same course. Like, 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 I, th- right? I think that's the. It looked like it was that, that was, was the match hero. play. I thought. It and then be, there's another one know. from Travelers. Yeah. That um, he does the whole, you know, and, and I know there's certain guys out there that do this. They do the whole pull hybrid or pull a, a, a fairway wood. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm actually going to hit a six on it. <laughs> Set it down behind the ball, yeah. not down the grass. You know? oh. But that's where I, uh, what I've, I've actually, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and where I just can't. Like a, a lot of things. I'd ever, so basically, if he didn't intend to do it or didn't know that he did it, it would have been way less sand, way less sand. We're not talking like this is a phone call in. This was you could see from across the room. He took that club back and sand went everywhere. Okay, which so that is I think I forget who said it. Maybe uh, Jay Reagan or someone on Twitter. But like the idea that a pro golfer would like not notice that they hit sand on the way back. <laughs> like, oh imagine God. how <laughs> fucking ridiculous that is. The story about Tiger Woods when he yeah. was sampling drivers yeah, exactly. and he was sent six drivers and he said to the manufacturer, I forget who this was. It was said to the manufacturer, uh, "I'll take the I like the heaviest ones." Like, oh man, Tiger like. They're all the same weight, man. He goes, no, no, no I'll, I'll take the heaviest one, and they would reweight him, and one was two grams heavier. Well, you know like, what? I mean, going, Reed didn't feel like the sand on the way back. Going back to Reed, like Reed, evidently was playing. You know, according to his words, was playing clubs that were, you know, three, four degrees off in their lines. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Maybe he had no idea where the bottom was swinging. <laughs> all right, but so let's piece this together still, because in this scenario, either he didn't know he hit the sand, which I don't believe because of how much he took, which means that he knew that he hit the sand and knew he violated a rule and didn't report it or he did it intentionally, which demands a suspension. Like if you've cheated, like that is, that's worse than just the penalty on the golf course. Like I, I understand if the, the difference in like when you take the club, if you take the club back in an actual real bunker and you scrape the top of the sand and you couldn't feel it, you're in the motion of your swing and it's caught on camera and somebody calls in, that's a two shot penalty. You review it on, on screen and you say, yeah, you know, I did. I'll take the penalty. This is not that scenario at all. Think he was about caught think about like 
couple examples spring to mind. Remember when Rory thought he he either touched something and the the ball moved a little bit, or he touched a piece of sand and he called the rules official over. Like he was like, I you know I don't know if I did yeah. or not, but it was just right. I feel oh, like a million. I did. Like Brian Davis. Brian Davis. Yeah, at Hilton Head. He's think, in the right? playoff. Yeah. yeah, and he nobody nobody knew this but him. But he he takes his club back. I think on one of the practice swings, mm-hmm. and or he might have been trying to move a loose impediment or something and hits or, yeah and, and and hits something on his backswing hits like a, a leaf or a branch on his backswing and called the penalty on himself and lost the playoff because of that so you're saying reed's not conducting himself in the same class <laughs> as brian davis here i mean it's just like is this any different to you guys than if he like kicked his ball out of the rough into a better lie I, I think mean, it's, it's almost worse. It, well, it's it's sneakier. That's it's what I'm sneakier. saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not as like it's the same flagrant. Yeah, but it's the same same ballpark rule, right? Right. Like it's it's the same rule. It's yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> have you seen the video of Gary Player from the from the British Open? UK British Open. UK no. British Open. Sorry, where they lost the, with the lost ball. No, not oh. the lost ball. Oh. There's another one. Where oh it's at uh, Lytham and St Anne's where he he has to hit outside uh, left handed from like next to the clubhouse and on his on his backstroke he takes out like this massive plume of sand essentially the same thing that yeah. reed did and and somebody posted it it's still in the highlight package from <laughs> the rna thing i'll post it on, on twitter it's it's fantastic you don't don't chum the waters it's not your style, <laughs> not your style Come on. uh so like i don't know i don't know what there is, is more to say other than like I mean, he's never going to be a popular guy. He's obviously not a popular guy. Like, this is going to... What's life going to be like for him going forward? Or is this, like, kind of... Probably pretty similar. I mean, but... I think probably pretty similar. It's like, But you can't do that. Like, well, all right, so let's take it differently. What would... If this exact situation would have happened with Justin Thomas, what would would we... What would the reaction have been? Well, probably the same. He probably would have gotten the two-shot penalty and handled it like a true gentleman. But, like, (laughs) I, I think... I don't know. Slugger would have called him a gentleman three times. (laughs) It's a really good question because it's like, you know, I don't think he's. We're not ganging. Our fans gonna like, yeah, our fans gonna like occasionally yell stuff at him, like for sure. Are is the vast majority of people probably going to forget about this and? you know, a year or whatever, like maybe. I think but, I forgot about the Kuchar thing. Like it's the first thing people think of when yeah. they think of Kuchar is how cheap he is. You I think, don't know like, how he I don't ever know. runs it, this. I mean, I he's know. also a guy it's that's... a sleepy time in the golf year though also. Like it's, and, right? I think with hardcore golf fans, yes, I agree. But like the the consciousness at large, I don't know if he's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how sticky it'll be. I'm curious. And and at some point it's it's like a lot of people just felt like, Oh, this guy's a dick. Like, yeah, he kind of already was. Like, it's not going to change their minds on him, right? Yeah, I just, I, I just still can't grasp like the thought process in this whole scenario. I'm, I'm I've stayed awake at night, lying in bed, like, I think as many did you not said, know like, the rule? He or? did not intend to be caught. Yes, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but the camera was right there. Or maybe that's he's, the part that blows my mind. I do want to give a huge shout out to. Uh, he had to know the camera's friend there. of the pod, Bunky Perkins, who who labeled this uh, white privilege as a slugger white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> All golfers are, also, are living in with white privilege at this point. If we're doing shout outs, Lou Brown, <laughs> the footsteps in the sand uh, <laughs> quote that he that he did, uh, he's, where he's covered up the other set of tracks. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was fantastic. <laughs> There's a part of me too that thinks, you know what? Like maybe he's maybe he's like a sociopath. That's where I'm landing. To where like he he legitimately like he 
honestly and forthrightly does not think he did anything wrong. Well, do you remember when Cat did the thing at BMW and like the ball clearly moved and it was before they changed the call-in rule, you know, and so they needed the high def to actually be able to see it. And Tiger went in and like everybody in the world was like, yeah, that ball moved. And he was like, yeah, I watched it three times. And I just didn't quite see it. Like, really, man? Like, maybe that's okay. What, maybe like that's just how your mind works. And like, you just kind of refuse to believe so, it, but like it definitely happened. So this all goes back to my whole read as a captain's pick theory, like scratching my head over that. Yeah. How's that sound right now? Right. <laughs> but this, he was this guy, he's had this reputation of doing shady stuff on and off the course for quite some time now this is just another example and the one that has gotten the most attention like you just tron gave like three other examples of him doing this in actual competition and like tiger's still riding for this guy which which you know what like i bet he plays well i bet he feeds off this shit oh, i bet he sure. plays well off you know? I, I don't know it, it's gonna it's, be tougher for his partner yes who's gonna want to play with him yeah i don't know not jordan <laughs> no. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. Like you said, well, yeah, we'll get into all the President's Cup stuff in a minute. Yeah. But, dude, it's hard enough to even think. I know this is not the same thing, but even when you're playing like Wild World of Golf or something and you're standing over a chip and everyone's like, yo, Tron, like you can't chip. Like, go hit this chip shot. Like, it fucks with your head, right? Like, imagine everybody in the crowd just being like, yo, Patrick, you're a cheater. No, I, Everybody's rooting against you. Everybody wants you to lose. You're I thought a you were going a, a different direction with that. It's like, when I'm playing in a wild world of golf and there's a camera behind me, no, I'm not incentivized <laughs> to improve my lie. Are you kidding me? And forever be known as a cheater in the whole Twitter See, universe? See, I focus yeah. so much more when I know that everybody's just rooting against that's me. That's the TC way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, maybe not the best example. Yeah. My thing is going, like... Reads whatever. I think karma is going to take care of him. You know, some not if he keeps getting captain some, picks. Some, like, some, you know, family members might embezzle money from him down the line, or like something. Like his life. Is we've gonna, moved into the theory portion <laughs> yeah. of this. His life is going to fall apart, like the like O'Doyle, you know, <laughs> down the line. But but man, I'm telling you, like the one that really pisses me off is like this is a systemic issue with the tour with Slugger and like. Like Slugger's whole pace of play thing. Well, like, why don't you enforce pace of play? Well, you know, like, we're, we, these guys have to send their kids to college. And, like, yeah, like, the guys playing against Patrick Reed this week have to send their kids to college. Like, you're taking money directly out of their pockets for a bad actor. Here. Which I don't know how much college costs anymore, but I think the guys, at the, yeah. what was DFL? 100 grand. <laughs> that's a separate topic. We're not going to let Trod do his hero I mean, that's like one. That's like one one week of college, or one, one semester of college now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I think that's about all we have to say. Yeah, I can't and wait. I did want to say, uh, Bama Bearcat on Twitter today, he had a great thing. He said, "If you <laughs> oh, the OWGR thing, if you make it through local qualifying, and then you go to sectional qualifying, and then you make the cut at the U.S. Open and you finish T50, you get more OWGR points for finishing DFL." At the Hero World Challenge. Let's well, not call it DFL. It's solo 18th. <laughs> you also got to play pretty well to get into the Hero, but that's another that's another issue. I mean, but do you? Speed, speed got in. Whatever. <laughs> right. Do we want to go into T, who finished T50 at the kidding. US? I love compare them to speed. speed. I love it. That's a wrap. This is going to be a mega app. So the remaining part of this, we're going to go next into our President's Cup preview. And we're going to finish it with uh, stuff on Royal Melbourne from a member at Royal Melbourne, Matthew Malika. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. We're gonna be we're gonna be very present for the for this uh, this week's event. Cheers! Cheers! This is the uh, the President's Cup hype. I don't even call it a preview. This is the this is the hype. This is the hype machine. <laughs> Get the I'm air horns out. Psyched. Solly here across the table from me, Mr. TC. Hello. Thank you. Across <laughs> the other side of the table, Mr. DJ Pie. Hello. Okay. <laughs> 
We have to introduce ourselves. Sure. Come on. I haven't right. been on in a while. Uh, you have Welcome been. back. You just have like a pent up. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like no nut November. <laughs> John's just pent up, ready to rant on some things. Um, Welcome back, Carter. It's kind of like a you know shout out to the '70s sitcom there. Well, let's Welcome just go no. right into it. How excited are we for the Presidents Cup? Tron, go ahead, man. I'm pretty excited. Not really for the Presidents Cup, but just to watch primetime golf from Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne. That's I was going to say. Let's make sure it's not Melbourne. It's Melbourne. 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 This is like uh, the kid who goes on the foreign exchange trip in Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> uh, you can tell the people who have been yelled at by locals because they massively overpronounce it or underpronounce it, however you want to say it. Melbourne. And now they're overpronouncing it. Now they're overpronouncing it. Yeah, it's, that's one of my favorite things about this. Uh, I think that's the take. I think it's like, does the result of this event matter? Absolutely not. Like I really Unless the internationals win. I don't even think it does. Like That would be the only way that it would yeah, I guess that's what you're saying. That's the only way that it would matter is if they won. But like, I don't think anyone's gonna like be upset if the U.S. team loses. Right. I don't like think anyone's any... shaving USA in their head this week because they're because they're jacked up. But potentially, yeah. I don't know. It could happen. Um, so, what do you think, Deej? What are you are you excited? Yeah. What are you I, excited about? I Let's think go. I I feel like um, I've been tr- like training properly, or or I don't know how to work this metaphor, but uh, I feel like I've been training properly for this. In that, like, I've uh, not cared leading up to it like all the you know the last couple weeks months where it's like oh my god presence cups coming up it's like dude i literally can't i cannot pretend to be excited about this because i'm gonna like even if i tried like i would use up all my yeah like there's no reason to be excited about this in september or october but now that it's you know a couple days away i'm like oh man and i haven't really read much up on it i haven't like wore myself out all of a sudden you know this morning kind of like prepping for this and looking at who's playing well and with the course and all that i'm like god you know what this is actually be really fun i i feel like i was a little frustrated when people got all hot and bothered about uh captain's picks and like it's the president's cup who cares right like why are you gonna get all all this feels directed at me yeah, i just don't get up. why solly was obsessed with jordan's feet being picked <laughs> Well, oh God, yeah, that was a, that was a tough scene. Uh, was anybody obsessed with the President's Cup picks? No, like so many, people so were, many people were more were, fired up than they were for anything else, which I think is just a, like, a lack natural. of other things going on. Yeah. But like, like, so I think they're way too formulaic with the with the picks, right? Like, like this sounds like a take on the on the captain's picks for sure. It is a take on the captain's. <laughs> you picks. sound hot and bothered about it. Well, you know, I think like somebody had said, uh, or I had heard through the grapevine that that a couple guys not even on the international team, but just in Aussie golf circles, were lobbying for Peter Sr. to be picked. (laughs) You know, he's like like 50-something or 60-something, but he he plays at Royal Melbourne. He Excuse me, Royal Melbourne. (laughs) He knows the course like the back of his hand. He's won the Aussie Open down there. And it'd just be like, like that sounds outside formulaic from what you're saying. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like it shouldn't be formulaic. It should be like, oh, you want Peter Senior to be? Yeah, like it's the President's Cup. Who cares? Like we, like yeah, but how could they win without Ben on? Well, so can you imagine like Dustin Johnson or JT or Bryson (laughs) playing against Peter Senior and how, like how demoralizing? Oh my God! Like I can't lose to this guy, and then they put all this unnecessary pressure on them. Do you guys have the rosters up? I do. do. Well, okay, all right. That that gives two of my. We're gonna do some trivia here in a second. That's two of my questions. Was be to name one of them was gonna be to name the international team, but that's not really fair. I don't have the Junior Presidents Cup team up. If you wanted, okay, we can cut. That's that's part two. That's part two. Yeah, hell yeah, it's a thing. Uh, read, a, read a fucking book for once. Yeah, so I got a take that just kind of uh, 
popped into my head as you're talking about Peter Senior. What if the captain's picks were blind? You didn't know who was going to be on the team until like they got to the first tee. That would be sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could keep all that information. Or what out if of the, the what the if the hounding press? Do you know how cool captain, that would be though? What if it was blind for the captain too? The captain <laughs> had to just do a blind resume. What if the other captain has to pick the other captain's <laughs> captain's picks? Uh, no, I do like, like imagine it. if you didn't know Peter Senior was going to be on the team, and then you showed up. And like Dustin Johnson and JT are paired together on the first tee, and then Peter Senior walks up and like pegs it. You're like, whoa! What would Peter Senior's uh, intro music be? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I like this idea. Like, let's say the the captain has Thank to you. write like ten ten names down and give it to the opposing captain, and the opposing captain gets to pick the four players. It's like jury selection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to some The things. captains well, can have like four challenges or whatever. We're like, no, you know, this juror does it. Bill Barnwell always does that with like the, the blind. You know, he's like, all right, player A is so-and-so. Player B is so-and-so. And it's always like, you know, player A is like Tom Brady. Player B is Andy Dalton. <laughs> player B actually has better numbers than player A, that sort of thing. And Brady's I think, a system quarterback, as, is, as you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, like, I think that would be cool if they, if they basically had to, had to choose it based on that. that yeah. Like the tour gave them those. Yeah. I, I think what we're saying is there's a lot of room for improvement. Well, we'll let's get to that. But I first, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to start this. I've kind of maybe boomeranging on the Presidents Cup again with the with the thought in mind that like the res, the result and the actual competition is pretty much irrelevant to it. But the tour and I, Tron's going to have an issue with the scheduling part of it, which I'll I'll it's give him disgrace. I'll give I'll give him his time. <laughs> but the tour did about as good of a job with all of the things that would matter to hardcore fans like us with this event. They first of all, we're going to watch Ameri- in America. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're going to watch a team event, which is what we've been screaming: more team events and uh, more different formats. Is this is this is what we this is what you Wait, came for? Have, hasn't the president Cup been going on for? It is, but for, I'm I'm like listing all the great years. things. He's recognizing. You know, Let me get there. Recognizing progress. I'm giving. This is in response to Max Newbauer's question: Why should I care about the president's okay. cup? And that's the first one's like it's a team event. Like I don't care. You know how who wins but it's still fun to watch the competition i actually think you can almost enjoy it more because there's not like there's not the same level of analytics and like fretting over every shot that there is a Ryder cup that's a different argument anyways going to an amazing golf country australia which is kind of a for not forgotten about part of the golf world we're going to talk some about the australian open here i, I assume uh, but it is a spotlight a a real spotlight on golf in australia maybe potentially like the actual goat course Potentially, and of course, <laughs> like, that like legitimately you, maybe the goat course. Yeah, you can't have like a you just you can, but they don't really have premier stroke play events on the male side. With as far as these guys hit it at Royal Melbourne, like they just they don't Melbourne. have this Royal Melbourne, <laughs> they don't have the space to expand the course, and it's kind of against the whole philosophy of the place. And so we get to watch match play on it, which is awesome. It shouldn't really matter what stroke play versus match play, but because of par, uh, these these tournaments don't go to a course like this. It's going to be in prime time here in the United States, and you're also getting like a first look at some interesting guys on both sides playing Definitely. in a team competition. So there's a lot to be excited about, I think. Do you have the TV schedule in front of you? I have screwed it up so many times because I can't okay. keep track of the day of the week, but I can't. I It's basically... Like what time does it end in like Eastern time? Uh, like around like midnight. Okay. Like, well, it depends. It's different each day. So like, it's like 11 or something on Wednesday, 12 on Thursday, real late on Friday, and then go, like at 12 a.m. on Saturday. Cool. This yeah. is Eastern time. Eastern time. Correct. 
So I think that's, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I remember in 2011, like, watching it, like, start at 11 p.m. in the States. That's what I thought, too. Right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And on a previous episode, I said that they are finishing on Monday, so we you watch on primetime and Sunday, and that was just hand, hand up. That, that was one. just wrong. <laughs> I struggle with the time zone, so that's my take or my enthusiasm for this effect. That's cool, man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. No, I, I I echo everything you said. I think uh, Neil had a really good point the last time. Really, we, yeah, <laughs> that that was said with no uh, condescension. No, Neil had a great point where he was talking about. I was kind of saying. You know, this U.S. team is inspires no emotion from me, like, whatsoever. Like, I I care very... I feel like a sociopath. Like, I have no feelings towards pretty much all of these guys. Maybe JT and obviously Kat excluded from that. Uh, but Neil's point was, like, you know, you probably don't have any of those feelings about any of these guys because you haven't seen them in, like, a really... Do something really big in a really big moment yet. And I think that... Guys like Xander and you're talking about in a big moment in a team competition or no, just like in general, just you know whether it's a major or whether it's uh, like Xander. Like my lasting memory of him that comes is like the Hawaii, you know, the three what he hit in Hawaii, and that was awesome. And like if there were three or four more of those moments, like I would probably feel a lot more, you know, passion towards Xander. And I think someone like Joaquin Neiman, someone like Sung J M, someone like Abe Answer, Cam okay. Smith. Like, I thought you were just talking U.S. Team. No, no, no. So, like the whole like can't both, lay, yeah, now. both both teams. And I think all of a sudden it's like when you there's just a lot of like new faces, and on on you know on its face you're kind of like, well, that's not exciting because I don't care about these guys. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, I don't maybe I don't care about these guys because I haven't seen them do all that much spectacular things. So there there's a chance. And again, this could go the other way and it could be insanely boring and all these guys could shit the bed. But there's a chance that someone big does something big. It's almost like, remember when Colsarts like completely went bananas at the Ryder Cup and yeah. all of a sudden you're like, God, this guy's a fucking murderer. And it turned out he wasn't. But uh, like that made you so much more excited to watch him the next two years. Same with or, Peters. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The counter to that is like... But, who has whose President's Cup performance in the past has stunned you and stuck with you for a long time? KT Kim. <laughs> Damn it! You got one of my <laughs> trivia questions already. <laughs> um, no, that's that's for sure. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, you could argue like Adam Scott at Harding Park, right? When he was kind of, I think that was Harding Park, right? When he was kind of <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. shitty and got picked by Greg Norman and kind of like resurrected his career a little bit. Like Cat at Harding Park, like that same week, like that was. I don't know. Not that Tiger needs, you know, a yeah. career-defining moment at the Presidents Cup, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like there are there are moments. My stance is if you just strip away all the marketing inferiority complex that it has, like it's the tour trying to make it something. You strip away all that, and you say, all right, it, I'm excited to watch some of the best players in the world play a great golf course. In just, spite of that, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Just, and and if you think about like that on its head, where you've got the like. I remember when the World Cup of Golf was at Kingston Heath, and then it's been at Royal Melbourne before. Excuse me, Royal <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, you have a shot collar. And those, on. you know, like like I would just get excited to watch that versus when when you you're constantly seeing you know bombarded by ads and all you know for one for all for the cup all those like the worst <laughs> the worst ads. Um, like they should just say flat out say this is for money. Like, this is for the PGA Tour to make money. <laughs> like, come on, that's what this is, which is fine. And, like, I actually read up a little bit on the President's Cup history, how it came about, and it's, like, 
basically the tour is not Abraham, that shy. Abraham Lincoln started it. They're not, they're not that shy about it was George Washington <laughs> uh, about like saying like this started in an office building. Like the the Ryder Cup was the players' idea, and this was like a corporate idea. At least, I mean, it's it sucks, super, but like let's at least inspiring. not pretend. Yeah, yeah. And they knew that it was going to be living in the shadow of the Ryder Cup, but. So. Well, I, along with some of the suggestions we could potentially have for it, I think it should be more of a different spectacle. Like one of my ideas is like what the NBA has done with the All Star Game, like having players draft. How like, about the thing sick. that, that yeah. the NBA is going to do with that mid season tournament? What, what is you I heard about that? First, I'm hearing, first of this. I'm hearing of this. So they're going to they're talking. This is this all is, we're conjecture. basketball podcast now. Between this and the <laughs> they're talking game about thing. they're talking about shortening the regular season a little bit and then doing a mid season holiday tournament. Where like the winner gets a like a draft pick or oh, that's then, sweet yeah and then all sorts of you know different variations for playoff seating the chaos that. theory might be taking over for sure it's on its way well I think once yeah that's a whole other conversation okay. but once you re- like once you realize it's for entertainment yeah. and like you know it should be entertaining exactly. and like it's yeah. not it's not like some Yes, there's like some sanctity to sport and, you know, the integrity of the competition. And of course, all that stuff, too. But like mostly it's to like sell ads sure. and get people to watch on TV. Which, you know, shout out to Rolex and Citibank. <laughs> all the, all and, the, and actually, all the boys. You know, Citibank is one of the official partners of the President's Cup. That's why Randy is not here on the podcast. He's, <laughs> He's recused himself. Conscientiously objecting. Well, speaking of shout outs uh, to sponsors, let's talk about Herbal Active. Sure. How about that transition? Yeah, that was great. Um Herbal Active, you've heard us talk about it. U R B A L A C T I V. Promo code N L U twenty for twenty percent off all of your CBD products of your uh, of your desire. Um, there's some stuff popping off in the refuge. I think of some people that were talking about uh, some. There were some people echoing, you know, some of the same same sentiments I had. And there were some people on the refuge that came up. You know, we did an ad read a couple months ago now that made it sound like uh, I was addicted addicted, to CBD. <laughs> uh, which is not the case. It is non habit forming. Uh, but no, some people are echoing a lot of the same stuff I said, where they're like, Hey man, I ran out and all of a sudden like, man, I'm really not I, like you notice how much, uh, you know, worse you're sleeping or how much worse you're feeling, whatever. I think another principle I, you know, woke up with just a, uh, it's gonna be hard to believe, but just a shred, a shred of a hangover this morning. Got after uh, it last you night. Know, oh my gosh. Yeah. Just intense. Uh, then a couple drops in the coffee this morning and you know, we're feeling good as new bringing the energy for, uh, at the workplace here, yeah. so you know that's that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a great place. Spine's <laughs> <laughs> in a great place. Yeah, no, I got my my sleeping schedule dialed. How did it compare? Well, I don't know if you want to get into it. But how did it compare to the the CBD wine you had yesterday? See, I don't. It, that's like a whole podcast. Topic. <laughs> I don't even need to. We don't even need to broach that topic. I'm just trying to suss yeah. out, you know, the pretenders versus the real thing. No, I, I I'm still I'm still a big believer in the mint. Because uh, you can take them kind of on demand, whereas I feel like the the drops, you know, it's more of a a regimen. Uh, the mints, I just take one either before or after dinner, and like I'm I'm set, man. Chilling. Yeah. Herbal Active, U R B A L A C T I V N L U twenty at checkout for twenty percent off. Just give it a try. Give it a try. I bet I will bet that you will like it. That's why we have partnered with them. So, um, all right. Do you guys want to do trivia now? Sure. Can we can we talk about the the scheduling. I think I want to get you in a uh, in a fun, funner, more fun mood, and then we'll get you with the scheduling. Okay, I want to get some of this in. Pop a mint and uh, yeah, pop a mint and chill. <laughs> Let, uh, you said you're in a good place. Uh, all right, why is it called the President's Cup? Oh gosh, As someone who worked for the PGA Tour. <laughs> I thought you would know oh, this. Wow, one. I feel like I have known this at one point. Um, well, very important distinction is that it's it's not 
the president's apostrophe s. It is just the plural. Yes. Presidents. So all the presidents. All yeah. the presidents, men. All the- well, my so my thing is what you know. Some of these guys from the international team are coming from constitutional monarchies. They're coming. You know, they have prime ministers, not presidents. For sure. Like it's kind of giving them short shrift, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. All I can think of is like, where was the first one? Was it South Africa? Uh, the f- I can't Robert tell you that. Tr- it, it was Rob- at Robert Trent oh, right, Golf right, Club right, yes. in Manassas, Virginia. <laughs> sure. So uh, that is actually the closest link I could find. Was like that. Oh, so you don't know the answer? Well, it, it's not really very clear. Even in like the origin article, it just seems like it's like multiple presidents. It's well all the, around the world. When Fincham went to go like set this up, he like went on a jog with Bill Clinton, and they ended up naming. <laughs> Edward Clinton was super to jog, like publicly jogging. Yeah, and then they made Gerald Ford the honorary chairman of the first of one. Yeah, for, of course. And then they just, I believe, just called it the President's Cup. And then they name like an honorary, basically whoever is the president of or prime minister of the country that it's being held in is like the honorary chairman. So Ford was the first one, and then the rest of them, I think the rest of them, have all been like the sitting president right. or the sitting like leader of a of a country. So DT was definitely out in force at uh, Liberty National. Liberty DT National. was the honorary chairman in the 2017 what, version. Uh, I mean, it, it it seems like the most generic thing they possibly could have done, right? It's like it's like the the clubhouse <laughs> in Ponte Vedra. Like, all right. Fincham, we need to build a clubhouse. What should we do? We should build a massive faux Tuscan villa because that's, you know, it seems, it seems like, like right a bit along, of a reach right to, along to just that take line a shot thinking. at the clubhouse. <laughs> but it, like, it, yeah. yeah, it seems very it. generic. Just, I like, never... might as well be called like the Super Cup. Right. <laughs> the, mega cup. The, mega, the Mega Cup. It should be the Fincham Cup. That's, yeah. Like hey, the Ryder Cup. At least yeah. it is a cup, though. It is a cup. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up. Can you name? All eight golf courses the President's Cup has been played at. Ooh. You named one. All right. Royal Melbourne. I think I got this. Okay. Royal Melbourne. That's one. The one in South Africa. You kind of have to name the golf course. Oh, fuck you God. should know that. It's a, it it's the a Gary w- Player one or the yeah, it's, you should Gary know. Player Golf Club? No, it's it's. I believe it was designed by Gary Player. Maybe it's older yeah. than that. I don't know. The King. The it's one of like the, the top Black three Black courses yeah, was that the in South the Africa. Like, are there good golf courses in South Africa? I don't Africa? think so, but there's, there a, been country clubs there's a few that are highly ranked. Royal Greens. No. Uh, Isn't that the one in Saudi Arabia? (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. Wow. I wonder if Tron wants to do another ad read for the kingdom here real quick. (laughs) The Bones Invitational. (laughs) Um, All right. We'll we'll come back to that. Okay. We'll come back to that. Mirrorfield Village. Yep. Harding Park. Yep. Um, You already named where the first one was. You haven't named that one here. Royal Melbourne. No, the first. Robert Jones. Oh, Robert Jones. Jones. Yep. Jack uh, Nicholas Golf Course in Korea. Yeah. Got it. Incheon. Incheon City. Actually, there's a difference. I oh found out gosh. as while we were trying to navigate there. Um, Three remaining. <clears throat> People are screaming at their speakers right now. Uh, oh, God. You have, the, you have a country for at least one of them. You should know a country for another one of them. Saudi Arabia. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Royal Greens. Uh, well, the, yeah, the South Africa one we mentioned. Yeah, but you don't know the name. Right. Yeah. I'm struggling. You, you, <laughs> I mean, there's a domestic one that you haven't named. Really? They've had multiple at... Trent Jones, correct. Trent so there's Jones. only been eight courses. So there's been three. This will be the third at Royal Melbourne, and there was four at Robert Trent Jones, of course. <laughs> Naturally. 
What other ones besides Mirfield Village and Harding Park? We haven't had one at Quail Hollow yet. The next one is at Quail Hollow. Correct. And the next one after that's at Harding Park. Oh, duh. Liberty National. <laughs> I was yeah, like, wow. <laughs> sorry. I literally blacked here. it. Like, I don't know that I watched one shot. Have we gotten all the Australian ones? Yes. Have we gotten all the international ones except for the South African one? No. So you have two remaining. One is South Africa. You just don't know the name of it. Just and give us the South Africa one. Fancourt. Oh, okay. wouldn't have yeah, I wouldn't have got okay. it, but I, that is f- familiar. Okay. And then there's one other country in which it was held. Japan? Nope. New, New Zealand? Oh, it was in Vancouver, wasn't it? No, it was in... Uh, it was in Canada, for sure. It was in Canada. It was in Canada. Was it at Royal Montreal? Bang! Hey, Boom! way to go. <laughs> Good job, guys. All right, this is Oof, this that is, had to be riveting radio. We were really just bridging the gap for this section that I'm most excited about. Okay, no looking up any You're answers, of course. It, Here we go. Did this guy ever play in a Presidents Cup? Okay. John Daly. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm conflating the Amex. <laughs> Are we conflating the Amex thing at Harding Park with the Presidents Cup? Possibly. I think you are. I don't think we are. Yeah, he never, I just he assumed never, like, he never played he a Ryder Cup or a President's two Cup. Majors. Like, he he, he won two majors in Ryder Cup years and didn't play on wow. either Ryder Cup team. Um, so he'd be a great locker room guy. <laughs> um, they were home years too. Wow. <clears throat> Woody Austin. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he fell in the water. Oh, one of my favorite yeah. Ryder Cup players of all time. <laughs> Mark McNulty. Yes. McNutty. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. <clears throat> Correct. Uh, Dave Simpson. Hmm. No. I'm going to say n- no. Yeah, I made that guy up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, so- he sounded really... <laughs> Who am I thinking of? You sounded like... Uh, I I, uh, I had David Sims in here. I was going to see if that's <laughs> that, by you no, guys. That we would have got that one. Okay. Uh, BK Kim. No. Yes. No, he's a made-up person as well. Uh, Jerry like conflation of like KT Kim and B.O. Kim, and I, I see what you were doing. Three there. B.O. Kim, yeah. uh, B.O. Kim. Gosh, we did, he should be on the presidents. He should have been an honorary pick for flipping the bird to those people. He, he got a uh, he got a pardon. People don't talk about it. I don't don't know why we're spinning down a B.O. Kim uh, rabbit Actually, hole, but he should have got people. Don't, he earned his PJ Tour card when he was like seventeen and had to like defer it. Like nobody even knows because he like didn't speak English. Is that the no, guy that nobody cared? Hot water it was nuts over in Korea. Yeah, you got a three three year ban. They, they or lessened whatever. it though. Really? It's Here, down going, to one year. Going back to what the president's cup should be, the president should be able to make that the picks. Is Bang. Sick. That is awesome. <laughs> so, like awesome. Jim Herman would be on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Azinger, how's your game, man? Scott McCarron's on the team. God, that's a good idea. Bryson would still be on the team. Yeah. Cat would still be on the team. Yeah. Rory would be on the team. Faxon might be on the Faxon team. Faxon might be on the Speaking team. Speaking of which, was he ever on the President's Cup team? Uh, yes. I'm going to say, yeah, one of the early ones. He was not. Really? No. Jerry Kelly. Yes. Yes. KT Kim. Yes. yes. George Kutsia. Yes. No. Really? No. I thought he... I feel like every random South African yeah. ever has been on there. Stephen Leonard. Uh, Peter Lonard. I don't know who Stephen Leonard is. I bet he has then. You saying yes? I'm, I'm going to say yes. no. No, he's that's, made up. That's made up. <laughs> Stephen Leaney. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real know, person. I don't know who that is. I hadn't heard of that person, but I knew that you were going to... He's an Aussie, right? Yeah. Uh, Brendan DeYoung. Yes. I yes. think at Muirfield Village. Correct. Kevin Streelman. No. Yes, he was on the one at Muirfield Village too, wasn't he? No, he was not. Damn it. <laughs> I'm deep in the President's Cup season. Nick O'Hearn. 
Uh, I'm just going to keep saying yes. Yeah. I might be thinking of the Tavistock Cup. <laughs> I remember him playing for a team, though. I'm going to say no. Yes, he was on the team. Ah. I think twice. I'm <laughs> pretty yeah. sure. Remember um, he owned Tiger in that match play? Ben Crane. Oh, God. No. Hopefully not. No, he was not. Oh. Okay. Charlie Hoffman. Yes. No. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's on the Liberty most National. recent yeah. I, Again, I watched zero shots of that one. Last one, Chris Kirk. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was on 2015. All right, last trivia question. We did okay on that. That was pretty good. What was the score going into Sunday at the most recent President's Cup? I forget how many sessions there are. There was, I'll give Can you, you tell us 18 the total points, points. 18 points. It wasn't like 15-3 or something like that? It was 14 and a half to three and yeah, a half. Yeah, it was not and good. Lahiri and someone won the last match out there to prevent losing on Saturday. Sheesh. Which was sick. I can't believe I'm there wasn't Lahiri's a single not on the, not question. On the team this year. Yeah, Lahiri kind of He kind of fell off the map a little bit. There wasn't hmm. a single question about hmm. Jay Haas being, <laughs> being a, a captain's pick at Bill Hoff. That was no, or no. He what, was that was Ryder Cup. That was Ryder Cup. He, he was, was a fifty-year-old, fifty-year-old 50 oh, oh, captain's yeah. pick. I thought you were talking about him picking his son. His son that was sick. Korea yeah. over Brooks Kepka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started oh, on that one. Old yeah. what, has Drew Love ever been on a? <laughs> <laughs> um, if all right. DT was picking. He might. He might pick Drew Love. The floor is yours, Tron. On uh, on on anything you want to burn on. I have an idea what it might be, but it's all yours. Gosh. Well, I just want to. Uh, you know, I've talked about it at length multiple times. I think it's a disgrace that the a that you know Aussie golf, whatever the federation or whatever, is partially responsible for this too. The Aussie Open should should be in Melbourne this year. That's a big waste. I think there's some sort of agreement between the Sydney, I think it's New South Wales, whatever, wherever Sydney is, that that local government signed a contract to host the Aussie Open, but they're going to bring it back down to Victoria eventually. But it's just sad to me that, like, all these guys, it's tough enough to get them to go over to Australia in the one year that they're actually the 12 best American players or, you know, minus uh, Brooks are, are all going <laughs> are all going over there and not, and not a single one of them is playing in the Aussie Open. And in past years, Spieth's gone down and played in it. Uh, Kutcher, to his credit, has gone down and played a lot Ricky's in Australia. Played, yeah, Ricky's right. played. It's cool that some of those guys have been down there, and it, it sucks that, like, A, none of those guys are going down there this year, and B, that the reason they're not going down there is because they're playing in the freaking Hero World Challenge, the hit and giggle, uh, which I hope Chez wins because that oh, would be oh, at, at 60 to 1. Um, it's, I don't know. It, it just seems like such a waste and such a are such there a odds for the Hero? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. wild. He was, sick. he was by far, like, the the... 60 he was like 60 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i don't know it, it just seems like a massive waste and you know it pisses me off yeah i think it's just like in a perfect world yeah though yeah sure i'd love to see everyone go play the australian open but there's just no link between the pga tour and the australian open like there's just no relationship there's no there's no there's no combined interests in it like the you the pga tour has no obligation no, or I, desire to grow Australian. I golf. get it, but like you could have had the hero a week earlier, and then or you could have our much talked about Australian WGC. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and that that won't happen because there's no, you know, right. the money's not there for it. But you know, it's just like, all right, cool. Like you're going to Australia for what purposes? The PGA Tour, to you know, ostensibly to go to a really good golf course, but also like grow golf in Australia or make Australia like kind of recognize Australian golf. But like, so you know, think about something that's a little bit larger. I don't think it would have been too 
much to ask to switch the schedule up a little bit. There used to be three massive events a year in Australia, the Australian PGA, the Australian Masters, the Australian Open. The Australian PGA is a shell of what it once was. The Australian Open is hanging on. They're starting to kind of bring it back, but I don't know. It, it just seems like a waste. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid the, unfortunately, the answer is follow the money. I mean, Hero has a $3.5 million purse for 18 people with no cut. And, <laughs> and all the world ranking points. And all the world ranking points, and that's really hard to say no to. And can you guess what the purse is of the Australian Open? $3.2 million. $1.25 Aussie dollars. <clears throat> that's not good. Yeah. No. 1.25 Aussie dollars? That's the whole it, purse? That's what it says on Wikipedia for Australian Open. Prize fund, 1.25 million. <clears throat> no <Whoa>. way. <laughs> First prize this year is $225,000 Australian dollars. Whoa. Follow the money. And, and that's getting taxed at like an yeah. insane rate down there too. So... God, that sucks. You coming around? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, yeah. it just sucks. Hey, Jordan, would you rather do that or go to the free crack giveaway? <laughs> so my problem, is, I, don't, suck, I don't have a problem with the guys going to the hero. Solution. I just think the, the deal is like, don't have the hero the week before the President's Cup. Yeah. I feel like the U.S. team, this is probably a good thing, that like they're going to be totally zooted and jet lagged. <laughs> that will be sweet. You know? That will be sweet. So. Well, they, if they did finish the hero a day early. So they can get down there. Oh my gosh, how the, magnanimous! I know. It's really amazing. <laughs> it's so nice of them. And then the other thing, I, I would like to just shame on Jason Day, Mr. Skin. Everybody knew he was going to withdraw. He <laughs> he skipped all the team building activities all along the way, um, and then you know I think it's patently, is that founded, or is that alleged? I've confirmed that with multiple You're sources. Told? Um, People come up to him in the airport like, sir, <laughs> TC, Jason Day is skipping all the team building exercises. And then, and come then to the for, birthday celebration. I think it's patently dishonest for certain guys to come out there and say he's gutted to miss it and all that. No, he's not. Like, he, you know, certain guys, Adam Scott won the Masters, made sure to go down and play the Aussie Open and play down there. Like, that's – these guys, it's like a responsibility, right, to go back and support golf in your home country. He, he – He's gone back like once in the once or twice in the last six or seven years. It's a disgrace. It's a tough scene. I think that there's two delineating points here. If he would have withdrawn with the flu or the sniffles or that, I'd have a much easier time. Like, if you have a back injury, which he has, like back injuries, like it's hard to say you should go play the Presidents Cup. You should be playing the Presidents Cup. You left people high and dry. Now, I also I, I would be on that block more if he was like still going and going to be like an assistant captain and was like invested in the process of the team and yeah. part of the team. And maybe it's doctor's orders like, Hey, don't sit on a 16 hour flight with your current back situation. I can understand that. Um, it, so it, I don't, I don't say like, I don't think he's faking this. I don't think this is like in the same bucket of, I just shot 67, but Hey, I've got a head cold and I, you know, my whole family's sick and, all the drama that comes in his normal rounds of golf. But, yeah, it sucks. It does suck all around. That And that's separate from, like, yeah, he hasn't supported Australian golf for, for a long, long time. But I think it just it just goes into that same, you know, He doesn't theme, get the benefit of the doubt right? anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I had a problem with, with, you know, certain guys basically saying, oh, you know, like, he's, he's, he's gutted for this and he wanted – and, like, he's on record as saying, like, he doesn't care about the President's Cup, which is fine. But, like, don't, don't try to make it into something it's not or don't try to go out there, like, were you on the range with him when he hurt his back? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's funny is, like, the, Austra the few, like, Australian golf fans that we know, how fast they are to, like, let go of Australians, like, that don't, 
you know, like a lot of Australian fans are not Greg Norman fans. Right. And like a lot of Australians are also not Jason Day fans and apologists for him. So it's kind of like, they're kind of like over it and they're kind of, kind of done. Move on. We, yeah, I, I think I to mention, well, I think we have a, Australians don't suffer a lot of bullshit. We actually, the, the end of this podcast will be a, a quick little chat I had with Matt Mollica, who's a member at Royal Melbourne. He talks to us a bit about the golf course and Australians relationship with golf and all that uh, will be, will be covered a bit later on. So for, hey, what, it's, for what it's worth, Ben On's playing a lot better than Jason Day. Oh, I, like, <laughs> I think from a golf perspective, you know, whatever. It's just from a matter of, like, you know, counting him as one of the yeah. Aussie hopes is like, he's you know, he's like, yeah. a, like he should be on the U.S. team. And I, I know a lot of this, like, I don't want to be unfair either because I agree, like, back injury is maybe, like, the most serious injury you can have as a golfer. Shout out to Cat. Shout out to the Cat. Uh, but he, he has been, you know, this is the whole kind of circle of life thing. Like, is he playing bad because he's hurt or is he, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. But like, he's been completely irrelevant for like 12 months. Right. Yeah. Like maybe like even post, he, he might not even be the forgotten man. He might be like post <laughs> the forgotten man. Well, I mean, a lot of people said that swing wouldn't hold up. And I feel like we hear that for a lot of people and it maybe comes true in one in 20 of them right. or whatever, but, uh, it has most definitely not held up, but, um, all right, you guys ready to actually before we uh, before we get to questions, we we touched on a few things you'd like to see the Presidents Cup differently, but I'd like to mention a couple of things that they do better than the Ryder Cup. Sure, I love that it's four days instead of three. What's the total number of points? Do it's you know? thirty. Thirty and, and it's the Ryder Cup is what, how many? Twenty eight. Oh, okay. It used to be more in the Presidents Cup, but right. like it was right, right, right. But basically, they shortened that to kind of because the U.S. just had always has had more depth in the international. Yeah. Oh, it just turns into a tennis match, right? exactly. Just like the higher ranked team's gonna gonna I, win no matter what i'm gonna defend day's 2019 record a little bit i mean he finished t5 at the masters okay and he was t8 at the players which is the fifth major so i mean he 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 has not been the forgotten man for more than maybe six months instead of yeah instead, instead of 12 okay we forgot about Fine. it but yeah anyway just to um, set the record thank there. you um, fair and balanced yeah but uh <laughs> i like that they basically split day one into two days i think that just makes for better viewing i mean who honestly we can do it because this is our job but who can sit and watch 12 hours of play on friday like do people do they expect people to take the day off to do that i so i i like that i think that's much better for tv and of course i mean how how the Ryder cup hasn't turned into a, a made for television selecting the matchups yeah like I, the you nominate someone on the international side, then the U.S. team puts up somebody, then the U.S. team puts up somebody. Internationals do it. You end up with better matches. It's for entertainment purposes. Like the whole thing is supposed to be. Some of that goes on behind the scenes in the Ryder Cup too. Like there's some kind of nods at each other. Like, hey, I'm going to put this guy here. If you put this guy here, but that should that should be implemented in the Ryder Cup for sure. Totally agree. Anything else they should do differently, or anything else that you love about the Presidents Cup? Uh, I remember the the one I went to in Korea. They had Kenny G at the opening ceremony. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who, who apparently I did not realize this. Uh, Kenny G, fucking huge in Korea. It was really, ma- yeah, it was massive. Oh. Uh, really, really, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, huge in Korea, big in Japan. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, who were we talking to that played? They played in the Pebble Beach Pro Am with Kenny G one year. I, I, I don't know. Who could who say? Could say? Oh, Billy Andrade or something? I Maybe. think it was Billy Andrade. We were talking, and I was like, "Who'd you play with?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, the first year I played with Kenny G." And I was like, "Like, dude, like, what was that like?" And he's like, "He's, he's unbelievable. Like, he's I never no, you, never mind. He played with Michael Bolton. That's oh. what he <laughs> <laughs> Disregard. 
<laughs> Kenny G's got a nice game though too. I yeah. think he would be like he strikes me like I think he'd be an all-world uh, wedge player, like LPGA player. <laughs> like he's just very uh, he's just very small. All right, let's get <laughs> to anyway. Let's get to a few questions here, and then we're gonna get to uh, uh, Matthew Malika. Uh, first one, Jeremy Atkin. Which international are you most afraid of, if any? And is there a realistic scenario in which the internationals are competitive? I was gonna say, can we like talk let's about the talk rosters about a little sure. bit here? Yeah. Oh, that was supposed to be one of my trivia questions, but. You guys cheated and had it up. Who's on the team? Yeah. So like like <laughs> one guy, I'm on team international. I want to see the internationals win. Me too. Fits in with my team Euro thing. Um, the one guy on the U.S. team that kind of scares me for like as an international fan is Kucher. Because like, this is Kucher's style of golf, I feel. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to bomb it, but he's comfortable playing it on the ground. He's he's He likes playing in Australia, that sort of thing. Um, I think Finau's terrifying on that kind of course too well i think like it's it's hard again i I know i'm speaking out both sides of my mouth but on one hand the whole like oh my gosh can the internationals like can they possibly be competitive it's like looking at the team there is what one two three four people on the team maybe five i don't know that like haven't won a pj tour event like the Vast on the, on majority, the international, or yeah, the vast majority okay. of people on the international team have like won PJ Tour events. It's like if you can win a fucking PJ Tour event, you can win any match in the Presidents Cup. And like, are you going to win? You know, is the scale going to tip over four days? Like, are you going to win more than you lose? Like, I don't know, maybe not. But can you win on any given day? Like, for sure, oh, for sure. And that's why I think Royal Melbourne's so cool. Is I think for the U.S. to lose, if it's playing firm and fast, and if you know it's playing the way that we think, hope it's going to play. Like the U.S. is gonna have to have some weird, quirky shit go wrong, and then kind of like start to spiral from there. I feel like you know what I mean. Like it's almost got to be like the Icarito mentality. When like I remember in Korea when it when it got close and it it wasn't really that close, but it was pretty close. It was close enough to like kind of be have a little tension. And when it got close, it all of a sudden was like, holy shit! Like, are they gonna lose? And you could feel like the air kind of get sucked out and like everybody get tight. Whereas I think like they're so obviously supposed to win that there's like no downside for the internationals right and there's nothing but downside for the u.s team so it's, if they go into those first couple sessions and it's close even like i th- i don't know i'm not a sports psychologist not like to throw out all the cliches but like i could absolutely see that start to creep in like fuck are we gonna like lose this thing they have puckered yeah. on more than one occasion i mean after being up 14 and a half three and a half they got smoked in singles last year or in 2017 a lot of that, I would imagine, has to do with the fact that they celebrated on Saturday night. That's possible. <laughs> they yeah. literally actually did, and there was some hangovers going into Sunday, quite literally. But like, let's look at who's actually on. Twenty thirteen, it happened too. Yeah, at Muirfield Village. So on- like, I don't think I can predict like an international win, but I think it's going to be competitive. Okay. And like, look at the t- like Hideki's playing fucking awesome. I'm just going down the right roster. Now. Adam like, Scott's playing good. Like Louis down there playing well in the in the Oz Open this week. Um, Sungjae's Abe been answer, phenomenal. Like Neiman just won a couple of weeks ago. Months Abe ago. answer is the defending Australian Open champion. Yeah, Adam Hadwin's a good, good player. Ben On's playing well. Like Hatong Lee is not really not really doing much lately. But. He, he played in the China Tour Championship. <laughs> I saw that. He finished <laughs> second. Yeah. Uh, CT Pan's playing well. Yeah. Sungjae M plays every single week. Even if there's not a tournament, he plays. You know, he figures out how to like. I feel like that guy plays 36 holes a day every day. <laughs> I don't think he has a, a home. Um, Didn't somebody say that? Like he just like plays just goes just week to week. Yeah. But like look at like Hideki, Adam Scott, Leash, Cam Smith, Sungjae, like Hadwin. Those are your fucking 
ball strikers, man. For like a golf course like this, like I mean, you Damn. can pretty much put yeah. all those dudes up one to one with the U.S. team from like a ball striking. Sure, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> no. I don't know. You don't think so? No, no I think no, I, I think iron I iron play iron is play. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. This is this is all about iron play, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, did, like, did Malika say anything about the course setup? Like, are they letting? It said it's L's set it up, or is it just he he promised he'll get to this, but he promised that the tour has not been there dumping water on it, so it is it is going to play it is going to supposed to play pretty fast and and there's no there's not a whole lot of rough Mm -mm. like normal it's Mm -mm. just yep there's no shenanigans with the setup so far from from what I've heard like I just keep look coming back to that Webb Simpson clip that you tweeted out and I mean I know it's one shot and whatever but. It's like, dude, you got to be so precise and like look at the the strengths of the U.S. team. Like, yeah. I know they're good ball strikers and, and creative stuff too, too. But like, yeah. Dustin, J.T., uh, Finau, Woodland. Like, yeah, dude, hit it as far as you want, man. Like, go ahead. But like, I think you have to be a really good iron player to play well. Yeah, there. I agree. A lot of people are saying like, as fast and firm does that negate the U.S. ball striking advantage? And I'm of the opinion that it exacerbates it. I think because you have to be so much more exacting and creative. And I know that it's kind of talking on both sides of my mouth because a lot of the way that these guys play is like bomb it really far and st- stuff it right close to the green. But I also think these guys are adaptable and can like Tony Finau went over yeah. to France yeah. and played well on that golf course. It couldn't have been a good fit for him at <laughs> Shout all. Shout out to Patrick Reed for shooting eighty eight. Yeah, <laughs> Gary Woodland, his he like like lays back with iron. I, I feel say, like Finau and Woodland are very disciplined. Players. Yeah, they're disciplined, smart players, and the way Woodland won the U.S. Open was. Impressive. Super impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they are better ball strikers. They're better at getting close to the hole in two shots, regardless if it's soft right next to the pin or firm right next to it. And I I don't, I just can't imagine. I'm of the opinion that when it's softer, it's going to bunch everyone and bring everyone closer together. And that you got to be, you don't have to be as dialed to end up 20 feet from the pin. Whereas this is like, no, you got to be really good if you want to hit this within 20 feet. But it's less, it's less about the distance. It is 100% so, less so about the distance. That, I think that's which the main is great. deal yeah. is like that's where the U.S. has a big advantage and that's where, you know, that doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. So, In the best possible way, it's less about the distance, right? Like yeah. France was not about the distance, but it was just dumb right. because it was 15-yard wide fairways. This is like, no, it's not about the distance, but it's going to be really wide. You just got to make sure you're in the right place. Yeah, and I guess on that topic, like, you know, where do we see the most firm and fast golf courses all year is in the majors, right? Mm-hmm. And like... If you're looking at these 24 players here, like, you know, which yeah. ones seem to contend exactly. a lot more That's than majors? And some at. of that, some of that is just like volume, like having more chances and playing in more majors and all that stuff too. But yeah, I you know, know I mean, look at Hideki, well, Adam, Hideki Scott, Adam Scott, Leash, Leash, Camp, Camp Smith. Smith has played all right. Yeah, I think top four or five international. It's hard to. I think it's, it's hard to be just, like, oh, they're gonna yeah. get run over. There is but I think, zero bad players on the. But US what team, we've so seen in these competitions really is like, I feel like those guys on you know, the international team feel so much pressure because they inherently kind of know like the guys behind them aren't nearly the same ability, and you'd rarely see like their top guy go out and go five and zero. Oh. Yeah, like they've had like Brandon Grace. I think went like five and zero oh at Muirfield Village. Like they've had guys come out and play really well, but it, it rarely. Do you see like their top guys dominate the way that they would need to to win? I would love to see, uh, just kind of on my like short list of things I'd love to see this week, this is Joaquin Neiman like fucking people up. I would love I, that. I, would be awesome. I want to see some breakouts. Yeah. Like I'm I I do not let my fandom for U.S. golf ride on the president's. I want to see like, how Tongli mini DJ play play <laughs> DJ. That'd be sweet. I, I, all right. I also want to see. We keep getting messages from people about how much weight 
Bryson's, Bryson's put, on. put on. He's jacked. He's like, dude, he, he's put on 25 pounds of muscle. In the he's last hitting six it 75 weeks. yards yeah. farther. Is it? Somebody say you got 12 mile an hour ball speed more? It's, yeah. I allegedly. Mean, he, he did this specifically for the President's Cup where distance isn't going to really matter. <laughs> I don't, we'll what see. What if he was on PEDs? I mean, it's like, why can't you just do it and not like say 50 things about it? Like, why can't you just like bulk up <laughs> yeah. and just... I think yeah. he was on... I think it's hard because I think he like... Once you give an inch, like, yeah. and then every press conference you do, like, people are going to ask you about it or people... Like, of yeah, course he, he doesn't do himself any favors, yeah. of course, yeah. but it is kind of, you know... I'm I think sure his does, little break might, might not have been the most voluntary break. That's a sick take. So you think he's suspended? I think, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think he possibly was suspended for conduct. I'm becoming after all the shenanigans in the late summer. And Who could possibly say? Who could say? That would be um, sweet. Jordan Armstrong chances Tiger wears an earpiece during play. What do we think? I'm going to well, say probably no. But yeah. what, do, what do you uh, What do you think about the, what is the, the player captain thing? Does he have to send himself out first so he can get back in and determine what's well, going to happen? Who are his ass caps? Oh. Uh, I got him right here. It is Fred Couples, your boy Zach Johnson, and Steve Stricker. How about Bubba begging for a captain, like an assistant captain? We're role? saying Bubba should get to play for the internationals team. That'd be fine. I think because sure. like Bubba at Royal Melbourne is something that. I would love to watch. Can you imagine a worse look than begging for an assistant captain spot and not getting it? <laughs> being left on red by the cat and then going to the press to like tell everyone like, "Yeah, I wanted to be an assistant captain." And Tiger just kind of like laughs about it. <laughs> Come that's, on, man. That's tough. Read what the is, room. What does Tiger call Bubba? Jerry? Bubba? Bubba? Bubby? Bubby? Bubs? Bubby? Bubs? Maybe. So I think for President Presidents Cup, it, it is different than Ryder Cup in this front in that Thursday and Friday is just one session. Yeah. So you don't have to like make midday decisions on who you're putting out, except for Saturday, which will be Friday here in the states. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird vibe. I, I wonder I, if he'll go. So it goes one session, one session, two sessions, singles. Right? Yes. So I wonder if he'll play Thursday, Friday, and then sit himself one of the sessions Saturday, Saturday morning. Yeah. To like set the lineups and then go play Saturday afternoon. That would make a lot of sense. Would make the most sense, right? Yeah. What if he just sat himself all day Saturday so he's fresh for Sunday? That'd be sweet. Could too. do that too. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll have an enormous effect. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, no. so many assistant captains. And he's, as it he's is. so used to doing all the like media stuff anyway. Yeah. That like I, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a thing. Is Zach Honestly, Johnson, like the effect like, probably already happened. It was like yeah. the extra trips to Australia and the yeah. extra like. Is Zach Johnson Rasputin? Is he? Is he the one pulling the strings behind? It's the, possible behind the curtain. <laughs> Can't be killed. Um, I, I'm really upset for uh, that Ted Scott's not going to be making the trip like he did to Hazeltine when Bubba was an assistant captain. Really? He made the trip? Oh, yeah. yeah. The question is, there. will Hunter Mayhem be there? As a media member. As a media that's member. That's a good question. Um, Nate, in, at held. If the, the entire the U.S. team had to withdraw, could the next 12 guys still beat the internationals? I think the next 12 guys might be... I have a better chance. Better chance. <laughs> Who would the next 12 guys be? I'm trying to look. You can't really it'd, find the list anymore once it's finalized. It'd be like Kiz, Spieth. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are throwing out like Wolf and Morikawa. And like you could get real creative with the uh, with the team. Chez would be on that team, undoubtedly. Kevin Na would be on that team. Horschel would probably be on that team. It would be entertaining. I mean, I... Bubba, I, Snedeker. Andrew Putnam's number 46 in the world. That's, <laughs> that's news to me. First time hearing this. Oh, Keegan, yuck. Um, I don't know. Who could say? Who could literally say? But, I, like, I I don't know. It would probably be a better match. Like, it would be, be more interesting. More yeah. interesting. But it's 
I, mean, I don't know. These things are so weird. That's why, like, I, I do like the Ryder Cup. I know it's only two points, but two points is a lot in these things. Uh, but it would be good to, like, almost shrink the President's Cup, like, even more somehow. You know, like, the... I, I love, have a feeling they don't do it strictly because of the Ryder Cup. Like, oh, we have to be a yeah. little different than the Ryder I, Cup. For sure, yeah. which is stupid. But it's like... like Make it closer. Yeah, yeah people really yeah. hate the Ryder Cup. You don't want to, yeah. you don't want to do what they do. Uh, but yeah, like the fewer the points, the more unpredictable it is. And the more unpredictable it is, the more entertaining it is, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, like, like the tennis analogy is, is, you know... Like, yes, can anybody win any set? Like, for sure. But... Are they going to win time. the bulk? Like no, right. over not. time it just it just wears Guys, out. Guys, I'm looking at the world rankings right now. Who is Chan Kim? <laughs> you have any idea? First time hearing this. Heard of Chan Kim? What's he ranked? Seventy second, and he's American. Never, oh. never heard of the guy before. First uh, also, shout out to Scotty Scheffler. He's he's sixty ninth inside the top. 75 in the world. That's nice. Kim has been bucking his head. <laughs> no shit. I know. He won the is he Japan, playing Euro he won, Tour? He, he plays the Japan. Japan Open. Okay. T5 at the Casio World Open. That's no, you know, I don't have to tell you guys what maybe, that would mean. Maybe we'll stay focused here on the President's <laughs> yeah, Cup. Sure. But, uh, T59 at the Dunlop Phoenix. But, like, Andy, isn't that crazy that, that there's, there's there's an American guy in the top 100 in the that top 100 in the world of. That I've never heard of before? Well, you're a globalist. <laughs> that's, that's why. I thought so. Um, it... Uh, Andy K, you think P and Woody get paired together? <laughs> is that is that Patrick Reed and you would think it was T-Dub Tiger Woods? No? It's Gary Woodland. Apparently, Tiger calls him P and Woody, uh, which again, I, there can't be another human that calls them both by that name. But that was I loved that. That was amazing. I love the Tiger nicknames. You can't get enough of them. Um, somebody, uh, Jeff Bruder, Tony Finau is a good guy, but was he the right pick? His putting has fallen off the map the past twelve months. I mean, for sure. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know. A, like, uh, I don't really care, I guess. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have, I don't mean for that to be dismissive. I just don't, Yeah. like, whatever. We'll <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's super good. Uh, he's picked. played really good isn't, on, like, all he, styles no, of golf courses. He's played yeah. good at the Ryder Cup. Like, yeah. He's 16th yeah, like, in the world. Like, like how is he? Yeah, not? I don't like the world <laughs> ranking. I, I, world rankings are just so sticky, though. Like, he, he, well, I looked it up. He's only, like, 37th in tour in strokes gained this but year. But he's also, like, he played, he finished third at the at the British Open, presented by Her Majesty the Queen. UK British Open. Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, like, he plays well on relatively uh, yeah firm I, I don't think I will definitely hold my hand up right now and not if the US loses this <laughs> it's not will not be like no will not be like the captain's picks were terrible oh, they yeah, made a huge totally. mistake yeah, like, yeah. it's totally fine I mean I made the case for Spieth and I gave my reasons as to why I thought he would be picked um, and as more time has rolled off the more I think like he probably should have been but uh, it's not gonna affect how the event is played I don't think I no. just yeah I understand the desire to win and it's, like picking the best players, but like also it's like one week of golf. Like either they're gonna yeah, play well or they're not. For sure. And they're all really good. So all right, last one. Know, it's kind of a crapshoot. John Azakowitz. Uh who would be the funniest American player to watch putt into a greenside bunker? The depends cat. on your your uh this happened like Bubba sen- putted like, off the front. Depends of on your sense of Bryson, humor. right? Bryson. Oh, yeah, that would yeah. be Bryson. You're right. Yeah, for sure. Uh I seriously, legitimately Especially after taking like three minutes to like read yeah. it and stuff and then just putting it into a bunker. Sally almost put it into a bunker yesterday. I saved by, saved by, rake. by the rake. <laughs> hey, yeah. How does how does pace of play work in a mat in a match play event? The referee for the group? Like, like there is a, yeah. If there's ever an event to enforce pace of play on, 
it would be a match play. Yeah, it would be event, sweet right? if the Americans start losing, referee, losing holes based on. I don't think the tour play. is going to choose their marquee event to be like, this is where we make our statement <laughs> no, on slow play. Wouldn't it be great? Because it, A, it's totally meaningless. So if Slugger's not taking money out of anybody's college funds, that's true. Uh, B, it would create enormous buzz. <laughs> <laughs> they don't embrace the chaos enough. I'm with you on this. It'd be like a good idea. But like honestly, and I know this people don't think this is significant, but the fact they scrubbed that Kucher video from the internet this past year just like tells yeah. me everything that I like their vision on embracing chaos and controversy in sport. Like you turn on the television on ESPN, what are they talking about? Like the Cowboys defensive player that threw water near <laughs> an offensive player. Like that is how you create interest in a sport, and the tour has no interest in, in going that route. So I don't think we're going to see a slow bit. Also, like, I don't think. Oh, Tian but, Lang Guan's not on the internet. I was going to say there are either. a lot of Asian players, exactly. so they might be yeah. try to try to uh, take that moment to no, slapping them with penalties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back, just a, qu- yeah. a quick note, doing a little deep dive on Peter Senior. He's sixty years old. <laughs> He won the 2015 Australian Masters. At, he was he, he was 56 at that point. Two shot win over Bryson. Hmm. Interesting. That's why. And he won the I'm 2012 so on this team Aussie Open did. too. You know, like I'm I'm always impressed when guys win full field, just regular like like winning your national open when you're above the age of 50 is that's pretty impressive. That's pretty, pretty good, awesome. right? So Bryson is definitely the most it's too bad they likely Peter Thompson <laughs> most likely to be triggered. Like it gets so yeah, mad at a ball sure. rolling that's over. That's the kind of green. shit I'm talking yeah. about. Like that's I think where the where the cracks would come. Yeah. If they they have a couple like that was the perfect shot and how does it roll off the green? Right. If they have like three or four of those in a round and like lose some holes because of that and lose some matches because of that, yeah. like I could see it start to snowball. What are the ma- what are the pairings that you'd most like to see that will never happen? Yeah, we didn't talk pairings. Um, between like on the U.S. side or either, either side, side most that won't happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what like, will like, or like, won't. But like what? Bryson and DJ, can you imagine <laughs> that? I will. That never will not happen. But Dustin talking on the podcast yeah. about playing a practice round at Augusta with him and Phil. It's like I'm never doing. And this like again. hearing Bryson and Phil like talking about all the math and air density and all the like calculations and Bryce or DJ was just like, yeah, I got it. Like I literally walked on the other side of the fairway. Like, I, I cannot. Biggest I cannot listen to these guys. <laughs> I'd love to see. Uh, Gosh, I don't know. It's a good question. I'd love to see DJ and Cat play together. I'd love I to think see JT it, and Cat play together. I think so. JT, Cat, Woody, and P. Uh, are, are they doing a pod system? It's like pod ish. Okay. The last I'd heard, pod adjacent. there was not like there's like a bunch of possibilities. Like the, Cat's calling not squ- been, squadrons. Squad. <laughs> Alpha squadron, Beta squadron. Somebody tweeted if they don't show up in military fatigues <laughs> arriving on site, what are we doing? You see those guys that showed up at the football game the other day? Yeah, that's that what they gross. should do. They won. There you go. Um, uh, pairings. Yeah, we haven't talked a ton about pairings. Uh, I, I do think that the U.S. side is at least way more willing to be fluid on pairings yeah. than they but, are in. But the that's kind of where I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't really have any passionate. You know, pairings because like I don't care about any of these guys. <laughs> Nobody right. is. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess like Webb and Cantlay. Cantlay wow, and be, Bryson. That'd be cool to watch. That would be. That would be a dis- potential disaster. Yes. For pace of play. But like on the on the international side, like I do get a little more excited. Like walking Neiman and Adam Scott would be sick. To, well, like Cam and Leash. Yeah. 
Tiger and Reed, just so Tiger has a chance to make up for how bad he played in, <laughs> in France. And, God, and, that doesn't seem like a real story. And I cannot through, believe that that's a real story. Come through on his uh, apology. Like you know, it's one thing to apologize <laughs> with words, but like apologize <laughs> with your play. Yeah, we're not our we're not our words. We're our actions. Yeah, you know. And I want to see him make it up to. Did him. Reed really shoot eighty eight? Eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. Like with picking up. Like okay, you got double there. 84. That's like what I did. Put, in the, put me down for a double in the Thursday game yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah pick me up, man. Just, we sat under. A I was going to make a nine, but yeah, just give me a double. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap it at that. We went a little longer than we thought we might, which is uh, pretty much uh, par for the course. And uh, roll this into our interview with Matt Malika. I, I and what? we talk about about the firm and fast, but I want to point out, and I know it was kind of there's a lot of things working in that clip that I tweeted, but it is like a true chance to watch pros. People are tweeting like, oh, yeah, he's in the left rough. Of course it's going to go long. It's like, that's the whole point. It's like normally you can hit a ball in the left rough and be 90 yards away, right. and it doesn't matter. You can land it right next to the hole. Here it's like, yeah, he should have played down the right side of the fairway, and he's got to think about that from the tee. And you're going to see, hopefully, if it plays the way it should, a whole exercise of that and interesting, intriguing tee shots. Like I don't think watching guys pound drivers that intriguing. This is going to be way more intriguing. So what? Uh, let's, let's do some predictions. Oh, Come on. U.S. 18-12. Internationals, I don't know the score, but they're going to win. Like, I don't think they're going to win, but I'm going to pick the Internationals. Uh, That's like a no downside pick. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. 16-14. Okay. I think Is, it's going to be close. Uh, going, going and to I, think, a- uh, I think Cam Smith gets a winning point. Going to TV, are the announcers going to call it the composite course? Yeah, I, they'll or, probably or say composite. composite. They'll probably say composite. Oh. Um, Gosh, do they even travel? One thing to warn, <laughs> to warn on I have a bad, bad, bad feeling about commercials. Yeah. I have a very, very bad feeling. Sick. So be ready for that. Sick. Shout out Coverage to Citibank, Citibank and all, all the boys. <laughs> and here is, all right, last, last but not least, here's Matt Malika talking to us a bit about uh, Royal Melbourne. Cheers. Cheers. All right, welcoming in the resident Royal Melbourne expert. If you uh, watched Taurus Saw Season 1, which I don't blame you if you didn't. That was a long time ago. Uh, we, he was our guide at Royal Melbourne. He is Matt Mollica, member there. And uh, I, I don't know if you're officially a historian there, but you seem to know everything about this golf course. Thanks, Holly. I, I'm not uh, on History and Archives Committee. I would love to be there one day, though. There's a lot of cool stuff to know about the course and the club. Yeah, really, really interested in it and really pleased to share it with you guys both during your visit but also today well all right we we got a lot to talk about um about specifically with this golf course and it's i just watching some footage from the 2011 uh event which is on youtube it's the the final round of that is truly awesome viewing but take us there very general broad question what makes royal melbourne so special for people that may be seeing it for the first time uh tuning in this weekend uh what uh what makes it special I think it's probably, well, I definitely think it's McKenzie's best course. I think it probably embodies all of his design principles and his philosophies better than anything else that he's ever done. Tom Doak once said that Royal Melbourne is the course that Augusta wants to be. And they're very, very similar layouts. They're big properties, big sweeping contours, wide fairways, bold hazards, big greens, lots of undulations. And I think 
I think that's a big part about what makes Royal Melbourne so special. Well, it's interesting you say that about what Augusta wants to be because for for a lot of people listening to this, like it's sacrilegious to, to criticize anything that has to do with Augusta National. But something we just talked about on the podcast with Simon Holt, who has played there, in that a lot of the changes they've made to Augusta over the years have made it more relevant for tournament play and it's there's reasons why they've done that and I can't disagree with them but it's made it harder for member play and regular play it seems to me at least that there's quite a difference in that at Royal Melbourne which is what makes it a great course for a match play event like the President's Cup but maybe isn't a place that it's going to be a normal stop for stroke play events can you explain to us why that is um you're right there's there's not been a focus on tournament play and that's that's consistent across all the sand belt, really, maybe maybe not metropolitan, but certainly the the Kingston Heath course that Tiger played when he came back to win our Masters in 2009 is very similar to the course that members are going to tee it up on next weekend. And, and similar at Royal Melbourne, it's, there's probably three new tees on holes that stretch the course by about 80 yards all up, but it's generally what members will play week in, week out, and sometimes that's more than men, more than enough tests for us. But for these guys that are coming to the President's Cup, they'll they'll have plenty of firepower and they'll be able to drive it a long way and have some short irons into greens. But on the flip side of that, they'll think that yes, I can attack and I can aim for eagles and birdies. And from a math play perspective, that promises to be really exciting. Well, and it's it seems to me it's a it's a rare look into. You know, distances, the, the holes are not very long out there for the most part. I, mean, I know they're going to stretch some tees, as you mentioned, but it is going to be more of an exercise, at least, in getting the ball to stop. At least that's from from what I watched in 2011, just watching Webb Simpson try to hold greens and stuff like that was absolutely fascinating. Is the course, is that kind of the course where you think we're going to see next week? What kind of shape is it in? How much rain have you guys got? And what condition do they have it in from a firmness perspective? It's really firm. Our, our course superintendent's been there almost 10 years now, Richard Forsyth, and shortly after he arrived and started preparations for that 2011 President's Cup, course conditions improved enormously. Greens got firmer. It would oh, Look, I might have used a pitch repair tool twice in the last year at Royal Melbourne. <laughs> it is firm. And it has that, like you drop a ball from shoulder height and it, it sounds to you like it, you're dropping it on floorboards. That's so exciting. Well, so, that's that's exciting to hear because, you know, some like a course like Trinity Forest here in the U.S. is supposed to play that way. And it's been watered down naturally in year one and unnaturally in year two. And it was kind of disappointing. But you're, it's safe to say that the, the tour hasn't got their hands too deep into the setup and making it too soft is what you're saying. I, I think that they've stipulated a maximum stimp to Richard. I don't think yep. we're going to see them ultra crazy speeds. Which that makes sense because what Bubba Watson did in 2011 on what is the third hole in the composite course, and we're going to get to some of that in a second, he putted it off the front of that green. The greens might have been a, just a, maybe a little bit dialed up too much uh, eight years yeah. ago. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a clip of Greg Norman with a, a water bottle at the high point of that third composite green, fifth west. It's about a 180-yard par three, and he poured some water out of the bottle down the green and it just rolled along that green surface like it was rolling along the bonnet of a car <laughs> so it was it was really fiery i don't think we're going to see greens ultra fast but certainly firm 
certainly firm. So it's going to put a premium on, well, these guys can do it day in, day out, usually trajectory and spin control. But I think the most important thing is that they have to be coming in from the right positions on the fairways. And that's what stuck out to me watching that was just, you know, the second you are out of position, it just makes the whole exercise, um, you know, working from the green backwards and understanding where you need to come in from and putting an people think that wide means just I need to be, you know, I can hit it anywhere. But if you're on the wrong side of some of these fairways or in, in rough behind a, you know, having to carry a bunker, you just you can't hold some of these greens downwind. It will be hard to get into good positions to have birdie putts. Two putting will be an accomplishment sometimes from some spots if you try for too much from the wrong position in the fairway. Well, explain to us, we, we kind of touched on this, the composite routing at Royal Melbourne. And let's, let's, let's break it down from the 10,000-foot from the view and get into the granular part. But there's 36 holes there at Royal Melbourne. What is the composite course and why does it exist? So you're right, we have an east course, which Mackenzie did, in, designed in twenty six. And we have, oh, sorry, the West course rather. And we have an East course that Alec Russell did in 1931. And Russell was a Melbourne resident, accomplished golfer. Um, and he was sort of Mackenzie's right-hand man during the West construction. Those two courses are spread over four parcels of land. And the biggest parcel has 21 holes on it, 14 of the West holes on it. And back in 1959, when we hosted what was called the Canada Cup, now the World Cup, like a two-man team international event, uh, there was this wish to contain everyone, crowd, play, all within the one paddock and not have road crossings, not have people going through gates and fences onto different portions of the course property. So they picked 18 of the best 21 holes on that main paddock and said there's going to be some east, some west holes, this is our composite. And we've played tournaments over that ever since. Women's Australian Opens, uh, Men's Australian Opens. We had the World Cup back here in 2013 uh, where Day and Scott won. And we've, this will be the third time that the club has staged the President's Cup. So 98, 2011 and, and now 2019. What were some of your memories from the uh, the President's Cup that have been there? I know you've been, you were there in 98 and, and 2011. What, uh, what were some of the highlights that stuck out to you or your favorite memories? 98. I was I was a young guy and I was able to go every day, and that was that really really stuck out. And that was Tiger's um, first time that we saw Tiger day in day out at Royal Melbourne. He came a couple of years earlier prior to winning the Masters. He played at Huntingdale um, on a brief Australian visit, but to see him at Royal Melbourne day in day out, that team had uh, Duval, Couples, Mickelson. There were some stars in that team, and, and conversely, the international team had Norman, Elkington, uh, Nobolo, his compatriot Greg Turner played with him, Craig Parry, Stuart Appleby, That was and, and the internationals won, and I, I believe that's the only time that the internationals yeah. have ever recorded a victory in the President's Cup. <laughs> um, it is. We had a, It was a really, really good week from a, a weather perspective for the internationals, it's really benign, mild, southwesterly winds during the practice rounds. And then during one of the tournament days, two of the tournament days, the course got belted by this hot summer north wind that came from the opposite direction. And the guys like Craig Parry and Elkington and Appleby, they had this great advantage because they had seen Royal Melbourne in those conditions. 
whereas international visit, uh, sorry, the the US visitors just didn't, and um, that probably played a big part in why we won that week. Peter Thompson was captain that week; was a great captain. What? So, so let's let's touch on that there. Peter Peter Thompson's obviously Australian. Is it weird, or is it just feel like a missed opportunity at all for you? Uh, as an Australian, to not have an Australian captain uh, on the international team this this go around, a teeny tiny bit, yeah. You sort of think, could they have made Ogilvy captain? Could they have made Baker Finch captain? I don't, I don't know if they would have made Appleby captain. Yeah, I would, I would have liked that, and I think a lot of other Aussie golf fans would have liked that too. Well, what is like what is the Australian interest in this event at the moment? And you know, if we're gauging it right now, leading up to it. Would you say, you know, the, I, I imagine the golf community, there's a nice fervor around it, but like how, how amped are you and how amped are the people you know for this to come uh, come back to Royal Melbourne? Certainly the golfers are, are really, really excited. Melbourne sort of prides itself on being a big sporting city, one of the sporting capitals of the world, we often get told. Um, and, and Melbourne Major Events does a really, really good job of getting prepared for things like this. We have billboards left, right and centre, local press, local TV and radio really support events like this. There's thousands of flagpoles all over the city and they'll sometimes have things promoting our football grand finals, our cricket games, the Australian Open tennis, the the Formula One Grand Prix that we have here. And and they've, they've thrown all their promotional weight and effort behind pumping up the President's Cup for this week too. Well, all right. So back to back to the golf course. What I guess you can you can uh, guide me here as to whether this is important. What is the order of the holes gonna be, and is it even worth kind of covering that for the fans' perspective? Uh, I, looking at it now, because we we were there a couple years ago, I'm trying to map what holes were on the west and holes were on the east to what they're gonna be on the composite course. But is that just more confusing to try to explain to people what hole is uh, what on each course? It does get. A tiny bit confusing and there used to be more of an interchange under the original sequence you do some west some east some west some east and yeah you just you just get confused in speaking about it and less so now there's there's longer strings of continuous west stretches and east stretches under this sequence that they'll play for this edition of the president's cup i think it is worth understanding for particularly for people who are familiar with the course don't want to know where particular holes fall in around. So the first hole is the third West. And that's the one that featured in that clip that you tweeted a few days back with Webb Simpson having like a 90 yard shot, trying to fly at 62 landed in an upslope, but not have it run out more than another 25. And as we saw, he, ended 25 yards over the back edge of the green, couldn't get it within 40 yards. I I think it's important to discuss the sequence of the holes because if that hole is mid-round and you're warmed up and you're good to go and you're hitting driver well, you might say, well, I'm going to bomb it at that green. And if I go over the back, I go over the back. Fine, I've got a 20-yard uphill pitch. But if that's the opening hole, you think, oh, you know what, I'm going to lay up right side, I'm which is sacrilegious on this podcast, um, but yeah, you, you think I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit five iron right side, and I'll leave myself a full wedge where I can control distance and spin a little bit better. So the way in which those holes are played, I expect to vary as a consequence of this sequence in the routing. Yeah, and and so just to just to clarify, the first ten holes are all going to be 
holes from the west course. It starts on number three, as you mentioned, and then it's going to go starting with the eleventh hole. It's going to play one, two, and three on the. Or I'm sorry, one, two, and three on the east, and then fourteen and fifteen are sixteen and seventeen on the east, and and sixteen is the eighteenth. So. Correct. It basically goes 10 west, 10 west holes, 6 east holes, and then finally finishing with holes number 1 and 2 on the west course is probably the easiest way. Uh, so what, what are some of the standout holes? So we mentioned this the, the 3 west here, uh, but to you, what are the, the holes that stand out the most and are going to be the ones you're most looking forward to watching the guys play? The four ball segments of the, of the competition I'm really excited to see because it's going to open up some options for those players if their first, if their partner is already safely in the fairway or in a good position, they might say, "Okay, I can pin my ears back and take driver here and have a lash at a green like three west or one east, which is a similarly short par four, where the prudent stroke play effort is to hit to position and then wedge on." Um, three west is certainly one of those holes to look at. Four west is a, a really, really cool par five. So this is the second tournament hole they'll play. Great drive, great green. And then one east is going to be the eleventh hole, just to clarify here. Yeah. So yeah, the thank you. and then the other drivable hole will be what will be the sixth on the on the composite course, the dogleg left hole, which I believe, if I remember right, from when we played there, you had a great story about watching Sevy play that hole. Yeah. So Clates often talks about Sevy playing at Royal Melbourne and not playing conservatively and just bombing driver at that green day in day out thursday friday saturday sunday and and birdieing it all four days <laughs> that's a cool that's a really cool hole i mean just with a dog leg to the left and i think that's one that people will recognize when the event come rolls around this coming time but um so let's let's talk about a bit about the strategy of playing royal melbourne and as for you that someone that's played it a lot of times what have you learned over time? Are there particular holes that you've learned certain things? What are what are some of the things that, you know, when you go play now are very different from when the first time you played it? I think you get more aware of how bad things can go very quickly when you're out of position. Yeah. Um, and so your enthusiasm is sometimes tempered by the fear of what has occurred in past rounds, whether you're uh, marginal in terms of the position you're approaching a pin as a consequence of a drive or if you've ended up above the hole. That would be the single biggest lesson. I think if I, if I cast my mind back to what I tell first-time visitors is to, is to stay below the hole. Trying to, trying to salvage a, a score on a hole with a brave putt or a long downhill putt or just jamming something in the hole from eight feet when you're putting from four feet above it is 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 usually not going to end well. I guess in relation to the excitement around the event, is it simply about the spectacle that's coming to town or is it in is it specific to rooting on the international team? I'm trying to gauge the interest from Australians in rooting for the international team and the outcome of the event. How much does that mean to you? I know you don't speak for all Australians, but do you have a, a sense of the understanding of what that means to your country? I think the King Golf fans want the internationals to win and they'd be acutely aware of the fact that the US really own this event um, and that's that's going to make it hard to generate a parochial crowd because a lot of while a lot of fans will want to see the internationals win the casual observer and a lot of the guys who are going to fill those corporate hospitality stands 
they know that they're most likely never going to see Tiger play a competitive round on Royal Melbourne ever again. They're going to be cheering on DJ, they're going to be cheering on JT, and they're going to be cheering on Tiger. They're coming <laughs> to see those guys just as much as Adam Scott or, or any other international, Louis, whoever. Well, Adam Scott had a request. He asked the fans, you know, not to cheer on the U.S. and Tiger. Is that a, a fair request? It doesn't sound like you think that that's actually going to come to uh, come true. I understand what he wants, but I, I'm, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tiger's adored by golfing public and non-golfing public alike down here. The the fact that he announced himself as a playing captain was a massive shot in the arm for this event, for for attendance and, and local interest. Was it news to you, or what was your reaction uh, when Jason Day announced that he would be pulling out of the event with a back injury? I was disappointed, but I wasn't really surprised. He sort of... I think he has a reputation amongst a lot of Aussie golf fans as the boy who's cried wolf with injury. He's withdrawn from Aussie events before. He didn't go to the Olympics. He, I think he's withdrawn from WGC Mexico previously. I don't think he's played five of the last 15 Australian Opens. So it's sort of sympathetic to him if he's got a genuine back injury. But not, yeah, not totally surprised and... and tiny bit over it yeah yeah it's a it's a weird you know combination of a lot of different things I agree that you know all of the you know I shot 67 today but I've got a huge cold and I haven't been sleeping and my wife's got the flu and all these things has kind of worn people out I I would imagine I have a hard hard time being critical of people that have injuries I just think it's a it's something people just can't really understand what kind of pain somebody's going through but also at work here is some of the things you mentioned in his relationship with with Australia and Australian golf so it, it, it a lot of the Australian people that we talk to kind of have a similar reaction to what what you kind of just said there like you're kind of over it like it's just it's not a it's not a great adoring relationship if I'm correct does that sound right definitely Adam Scott comes back really regularly lots of other pro players came back regularly and supported a local tour and we we know we know that we're a small fish and that the vast majority of tournaments and money is over in the US and they've travelled a lot during the year and particularly even for for guys who sort of, they base themselves in the US and they've got US, they're Australian, but they've got US extended family and friendships. We know, like, okay, it's Thanksgiving, it's going to be hard to schlep back to Australia for two tournaments. But guys of, guys of my vintage, so I'm... I'm 46 guys of my vintage remember a, a summer of golf where we would have had a tour of 10 11 12 events and greg norman would come back and play like seven of them maybe mm. more and that happened year in year out and we would see players like woosnam langer uh, faldo monty uh, vj in the early stages of his career now we have a local tour of maybe three significant events one of which is in perth in february so the Eastern Seaboard doesn't really feel like they're a big part of that. So to have such a small number of days where we can see high-quality golf and a modest number of people who come to participate in that and then have Jason Day pull out when he's a Queenslander and a past world number one and a major champion, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't feel it good. It doesn't sit well. Uh, well, let's get you out of here on this. What uh, What's your prediction? What's going to happen? I think that the U.S. is going to win. 
I see them winning by at least four points. I want to believe that we have a little bit of a home ground advantage, but I keep coming back to the fact that guys like Hao Tong Lee, Ben An, they don't enjoy an advantage over someone like Xander or Gary Woodland. Like they haven't, they haven't seen Royal Melbourne. They're, they're playing the same tournament courses those guys are playing 30, 35 weeks of the year. And the other interesting thing, I, I stumbled across some footage from the President's Cup Twitter site, or Twitter feed rather. Um, they were relaying something that Paul Tesori had generated a while ago. So Webb's caddy, he was the guy who's discussing that shot into three west in that clip that you tweeted. By the sounds of things, he knows that course backwards. So, hmm. uh, yes, someone's from the US. Yes, they're not. They're going to feel a bit foreign on on really really firm greens. But I could almost shoot seventy two with Paul Tesori in my ear. I think <laughs> around there. So, so I think that home ground advantage is not going to count for as much as some Aussie fans think. Right. Um, and and that, as you know, like you look at that US roster, and man, that is stacked. Yeah, it is. No, those videos you're talking about on the President's Cup Twitter feed are with Paul Tesori and Sean Martin are fantastic. I hope they. I think I've only seen a couple of them so far, um, but just him talking about that course and all the all the considerations that go into it and all the things you got to think about. It's a, it's a special special place that not you know we don't get to see very often, and it is like an idea that we would come up with on the podcast. We would say like, man. President, like like we say with WGCs, like it needs to go to Australia, it needs to go to Ireland, it needs to go somewhere. We would say like, hey, President's Cup needs to go to Royal Melbourne. And it actually is. So it's worth celebrating. And we are very excited um, for this for this event to watch this golf course and to watch pros play it because it is a great format for it. And uh, I hope we get a close competition. I mean, it's, uh, it's we're due for one. Definitely. I, I, I hope so too. I know that, I know that the the club is really, really excited to host and extremely proud to host. Feeling very, very happy to, to welcome big crowds, but also the players in a big event to Royal Melbourne another time. There's, there's huge things planned at Royal Melbourne all week, apart from the play each day. It should be a really, really good week. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much for joining us to give us some insights on your home club. Uh, we are all extremely envious that you get to call it home. And uh, enjoy the week, man. Hope you guys have a great time, and uh, we can't wait to get back down there. Thanks, Ollie. I really look forward to you coming back, too. Thank you. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>